Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Friday Night Dinner Podcast. I'm your host, Curtis. With me, as always, is Dr. Stephanie Sarkis, PhD. You can find over at stephaniesarkis.com. How are you today, Steph? Great. How are you? Doing great, thanks. How's the weather? The, you thunder, like? the thunder has announced that uh, that's how the weather is right now. It's super rainy. It got up to like 90-something. Uh, I felt like 101 outside. And right now, it is super rainy and thundery. Wow. And if you listen to the previous episode, you can hear the thunder in all its glory. So so enjoy the ambiance. Yeah. Well, no thunder here. It's just sunny. Oh, good. Not too warm. It's, um, let's see. Let's open up the good old traffic. Or not traffic. Let's check, check <laughs> well, local traffic. Or, you know, we can talk about traffic, too. <laughs> uh, it's uh, 22 uh, degrees Celsius. So 73 Fahrenheit. How, how is the traffic today? Did you go out today? Are you working? Uh, the traffic is moderate. It's not too bad. It's not too okay. great. It's just in the middle. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. We're here to talk about Gilmore Girls. And boy, do we have a lot to talk about this week. Because... What was this? <laughs> what was this? This is uh, <laughs> the most... The most pointless episode of the entire show, I think, by a long shot, because there's no, like, this show sets up uh, uh, what's, I mean, this is supposed to be a backdoor pilot for another show called Windward Sun. I like how you say it's supposed to be, because it actually was, but still, there's a a note of it's supposed to be, but it fails. (laughs) Yeah. You know, Windward Circle, uh... Uh, is what the title of the show was supposed to be. Uh, and similarly to Gilmore Girls, which focuses on a mother-daughter relationship, this is supposed to focus on a father-son relationship and that of Jess and Jimmy. And I got to tell you, Jess and Jimmy ain't no Lorelai and Rory. That's a, that that's for sure. Like, uh, it was... Same universe? Yeah. It's just, I mean, here's the thing. I get where the studio comes from because... Gilmore Girls was really popular back in the day. It makes sense for them right. to say, hey, why don't we do like a male version of this? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, but Absolutely. I think there's a lot of issues with this. A, they said it in California, which I think from what they've said, like, costed them a lot of money. That's also, that was a part of the contributing they were factor. They filming in California anyway. Isn't but the I think like, the Stars Hollow isn't in California? But they were filming they on the back. They had to do location on a beach. Yeah, they're they're filming on location. Whereas like with um the uh, Gilmore Girls, they filmed it on like the studio back lot, so it's super cheap. Um. Right, and then then for this, they had to get permits, and they had yeah. to do crowd control, and and they probably had for, to like for... pay because Bela Ventimiglia probably had heat stroke wearing that leather jacket in the sun. I know. Is, I was just like, what are you doing? Like we're, we're right. That's the other impossible part. Like you, you're not taking the jacket off. That was so like. Do you so not have dumb. anything on underneath, or because like, yeah. you know, I live in a pretty warm place, not as hot as yours, but like you live in a place that's pretty hot. If you saw someone dressed like that, you just think that they have like some sort of like problem. <laughs> my my first thought would be is that they're protecting themselves from getting burned <laughs> in my climate. But yeah, yeah. you kind of wonder like, um, you know. Do you have enough weather appropriate clothing? You know, yeah, it would be a concern. And and it's not keeping with Jess. Jess Jess likes his creature comforts, I think. And so yeah. it doesn't make sense that he would keep his jacket on. 
Like there are a lot. I understand them trying to do the the James Dean tough guy thing, but it just it's just weird. Yeah. <laughs> Odd. It just felt like. But I see what they're going for. He should have gotten changed into like a t-shirt and shorts or something like that. So. Right, or offer him like, hey, do you need to change? Yeah. yeah. Oh. It was just weird. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of feel like there's not much to talk about because there's really nothing that ever really is important ever again in the show. But, I mean, yeah. Uh, Episode? Yeah, I mean, it's... and Well, Cheryl and Fenn's in it. And she was in um, Twin Peaks. Mm -hmm. And but she's she's almost at first I didn't even recognize her because she's she's like platinum blonde and usually she had dark hair and that was kind of one of her signature. Yeah. But um, yeah, so I like Cheryl and Femme, but you know it must be so tough being an actor doing a pilot because you you put your kind of heart and soul into it and then you don't know if it's gonna get picked up or not. So like the kid that played Lily in this show, like her parents brought her to the studio and she had to have a tutor on set, you know, and then. And then, you know, the parents maybe, and the kid probably hoped it got picked up, and it doesn't. So you do all this work, and you just don't know. And it mm. must be such a, like, you must have to have so much patience and just, um, I guess, endurance and resilience to go through that, like, pilot season after pilot season and, make, and, and just hope that something gets picked up. Yeah. So, you know, I thought that as I was watching this, I'm like, ooh, this pilot didn't get picked up, and they put all this work into it. The now, and, and the crew too you know i'm assuming they used the gilmore girls crew so nobody was out of work yeah we're pretty close to i mean they probably would have hired a separate crew if the show got picked up but it didn't mm -hmm. so uh it's also worth noting sherlyn finn comes back but as a different character really does she have dark hair or blonde hair i think she has dark hair uh, cause that's her signature. Yeah. She was also in this movie, just as a little bit of trivia, she's in this movie called Boxing Helena, which is this really bizarre movie, um, that Kim Basinger was originally signed for and she dropped out. There's a huge lawsuit and Cheryl and Penn picked up the part. Okay. Hand movie, but very weird. Mm -hmm. So Cheryl and Penn, there you go. Boxing Helena. And if, and for those who watch the show later on, uh, she plays Anna, which we haven't met Anna yet, but. If you've watched the show and you're like, this woman seems familiar, she does also play Anna, which is very strange. Mind you, I think she looks different enough that most people probably wouldn't realize it. But, you know, nowadays with credits and all that stuff, you can figure these things out pretty quickly. Right. Um, yeah. So Jess goes to California and meets up with his dad, tells his dad there's nowhere else he can go. So his dad tells him that he can stay reluctantly um the funny thing is is like even though this episode sucks and i don't like it i will say the the dialogue between jess and his dad like later on in the episode i kind of like that exchange like yeah i think that's the most jess has said in like, a long time like right mostly... it's almost like his dad was not a safe person to talk to but also was safe at the same time because he didn't know jess yeah so I did like that. I did like that. You got you got a good amount of Jess, and even the dad kind of admitted, like, "Hey, I'm not a great person to be relying on." But Jess mm -hmm. made the point, like, "I'm not a teen anymore." So, well, I like when Sherilyn Fenn was like, um, "Yeah, your son comes here all the way to you know have ice cream with you or whatever." Uh, yeah, he actually might need something. Like she's kind of like this reality check of like, "Sure, yeah, um, he totally came here to say hello." Yeah. 
Like, he's got to have some kind of trouble going that he showed up. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, he is in trouble. He is. As we know. Um, and that's pretty much at least that for that subplot. Uh, but then also to uh, Rory kind of worries about getting things done before graduation. And at the same time, too, uh, she, you know, goes and tries to get a dress ready for graduation. So okay, here's the other thing. Doesn't it seem like Rory's character... Well, I mean, there are a lot of things that are issued with this episode. But wouldn't it seem to you like Rory's character would tell her mother that she was valedictorian? Like, it doesn't yeah. seem in character for her to not tell her mom because she has to write the speech and she's just overloaded. Because mm. she probably... I would think that she would know how important that was Yeah. to her mom. Did that make sense to you? Or did you feel like, no, that kind of fit with her character? It, it didn't feel like... I mean... I don't know. It felt like weird that she wouldn't mention it, but I don't know. It also felt like there was a lot of like fake drama in this episode. Like just kind of felt like we were making drama just for the sake of making drama. You know what I mean? And I wouldn't, I mean, Lorelai, wouldn't she be mad that Rory withheld that she was valedictorian? I mean, they, yeah. they talk about everything else. Yeah. I guess unless... Unless she still has some trauma, you know, that she's working through from the issue with Jess. Yeah. I I don't know, but it seemed out of character for her to just not mention that she's valedictorian. Mm Mm-hmm. And then we realized that she beat out Paris valedictorian. Yeah. And why was Paris going to be upset? I guess. At the same time, too, I feel like Paris and her are friends now, for the most part, so. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I feel like... I feel like, like this week. <laughs> this week, yeah. Well, I feel like we're, we're we're hopefully simmering down on that, but who knows? It just seemed weird that they're like, let's give Rory some conflict. Let's have Paris hate her again, like. Mm. Right, because that works. Yeah, I've seen that a few too many times. Um, yeah, that's pretty much the episode. I hate to say that, but there's really nothing goes on in this episode. I think that's why I, I don't like it because there's nothing of consequence here it and doesn't move along the just dad storyline either well i mean but it doesn't alex borstein yeah that being said i think it's setting up what would have happened in the show which hindsight's 2020 they didn't realize it wasn't going to get picked up but now watching it in a rewatch you could skip this episode honestly because there's nothing important that comes from it the valedictorian thing that's pretty important, but I'm assuming that's going to come up in a later episode. Yes. How could it not? Yeah. Um, but yeah, this episode is it. I mean, yeah, I see why they made a backdoor pilot, but at the same time, wow. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, it it was it seemed like they made a pastiche of like three different shows, and just kind of tried to put it into some semblance of order. Um, the Alex Borstein thing. I mean, I, I can see why they put Alex Borstein in this because, hey, if you're going to sell a pilot, put Alex Borstein in it. Yeah. Who, before, she played the, uh, the harpist at the end in the very beginning of the show, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and she might have actually played it twice. Um, but she plays, you know, um, Marvelous Miss Maisel. She plays the manager. Is it is her name? Is is Miss Maisel's name Midge or is it? I think it's Midge, yeah. Midge. Uh, and then what's... Oh, shoot. I can't remember Alex Borstein's character's name. Susie. She mm. plays Susie the manager. So, 
So this is her as Miss is it Clarice? I wrote it down. Mm. Um, Miss Celine, who's the who's a like a costumer, is a stylist. Yeah. And that whole thing was like first I didn't recognize Alex Borstein. They did a really good job with her makeup. Um but that was like, wow, this is surreal. I kind of like the surrealness of it, but also this like do- totally does not fit. There's <laughs> mm. so much. It's like, let's see if this sticks. It's like they just threw stuff out and it's, I, it's, I don't know. It left me speechless at moments. <laughs> and we see, we see some of the abuse that uh, Emily hurls at her staff. At yeah. Her housekeeper. Mm-hmm. Which we've seen that before, but this was diff- seemed like a different level of obnoxious and rudeness. Yeah. Well, even like Emily in this entire episode just felt more malicious than usual. Yeah, and then she gets caught too. So, you know, narcissists usually wind up tripping themselves up. In this case, Richard basically, without realizing it, calls her out because mm. she was talking about how they weren't having dinner and blah, 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 because she's still into this punishing Lorelai thing. Which again, you know, narcissist punished. Um, and Richard's like, "Oh, hey, yeah, totally come to dinner because we didn't have anything planned anyway." And the look that she gives him um, is is so good. It's like that narcissist defeated. So she's gonna get angry at Richard now. It's like we didn't see this on camera. But I'm assuming, like you know, mm. it, you could see that she was gonna let loose on him. He's not even gonna know what hit him. Yeah. Um, and so that was actually my favorite performance. It's just a look she gave was just like pure, like, you know, hatred. Yeah. And, and, um, because she was busted. Mm-hmm. And then she tries to triangulate Rory by saying, your mother's so difficult, blah, 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 blah. And Rory had a really good line where she was just like, you know, you're being really stupid. And Emily just couldn't believe it. Cause I think she's used to with her narcissistic personality, triangulating people, like meaning that you're trying to get someone to go against somebody else. Like she tries to pit, she tried to pit Rory against Lorelai, and I really liked that it didn't work. Mm-hmm. And Rory kind of saw what she was doing. Yeah. So, so and that's kind of how you handle that is you just don't listen to it. You're just like, nope, we're not going there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then this the indignant face that Emily made that someone told her that she was being stupid. Um, I thought that Kelly Bishop did a great job in this episode. This this you know flaming dumpster fire. <laughs> I think it's like it's not the best Emily performance for me, but mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's just one of those things where yeah, I she does the best with what she's got, but at the same time too, I'm like Eugh. I I I don't like choosing a best performance in this is like choosing best of the worst. Like there's there's not a whole lot, but. Oh, and I don't know if we knew this before, but there are exactly 30 miles between Stars Hollow and Hartford, Connecticut. There you I don't go. think that they've addressed that before, so that's a little bit of trivia. Mm-hmm. In case you ever wondered where it was. We don't I don't think we know what direction it is. Yeah. And yeah. I guess it's a fictional town, so mm-hmm. for you. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's pretty much it for the episode. I there's not much that goes on. I think it's weird that they tried to at least include some Stars Hollow, Lorelai, Rory stuff. Because it felt like they didn't know what to do. Like, they put it in there, but it doesn't feel like it's anything important. And it's jointed. It does not flow. Yeah, like, it really sticks out as just being like, well, we can't have an entire episode where Jess and Jimmy hang out on the boardwalk for 45 minutes, an hour. So, 
But we need to talk about the clothes for the graduation. Like it just <laughs> it's it's I mean they could have at least transitioned and, and could have had just say, Oh yeah, I just went through this breakup or whatever with this girl and then then showed a snippet of of Laura Lyon Ray, but it's like they just like kinda of jump cut. Well what know? I would have preferred like, Wait, where am I? What I would have preferred personally is you keep the Dean reveal of him getting engaged for this episode. Cause at least then yeah, it gives yeah, Rory and yeah, it gives him a little bit more meat to work off of rather than <laughs> it just being like shoehorned into the last episode. They're just hanging out. Right. Yeah. I think that would have worked a little bit better for me. I think. Mm -hmm. so. Yeah. No, you always have good ideas for these episodes. Yeah. Thank you. And, and also the whole, Oh, you're welcome. Also the, the issue with Emily in this too is that she was doing some gaslighting. Yes. Uh, she said, you know, we don't eat dinner at seven, blah, blah, blah. Dinner's not ready. And Lorelai says, wait a second. Every, you know, how long did I grow up here? And every night we had dinner at seven. And, um, and Emily says, this is a direct quote. I don't know what your obsession with dinner time is. She's like, no, I don't know. So basically she's turning it back on Lorelai. Like you've got a problem that you keep bringing up dinner trying to you know obfuscate and and just like you know distract Lorelai from this whole question of dinner and I thought that that's prime gaslighting right there mm -hmm. nope we didn't have dinner at, at seven every night and they have Richard come out and he's like we always have dinner at seven yeah and I was like ah but yep, yep. so you had gaslighting you had triangulation you had all the narcissistic things mm-hmm okay uh all right uh yeah you said your favorite performance was emily and now i'm like i'm hard pressed to think of who was my favorite performance in this episode Maybe okay i feel like the dogs that the dog i was gonna say dogs i was like oh you're gonna say dogs the dogs they were they were pretty funny i don't know i can't think i will of say the best performance is emily's look at richard but i don't know about the whole performance <laughs> i'll say that actually you know what no that, that was I'll, worth an Emmy right there. i'll say mm -hmm. the actress that plays miss celine i thought was pretty pretty funny i thought that was a pretty spot-on performance yeah. of like this like spinster woman who's like you know making dresses for people like she played she played it pretty well Least... She did it like a version of, or I guess, you know, this, I guess the Incredibles came out afterwards, but what's the, yeah, there's the, there's the costume desire, the fashion desire based on, so Edith Head was, was a real uh, costume designer, um, mm -hmm. did dresses for Grace Kelly and, and some of the Hitchcock movies and other things. Yeah. Um, and so the character in Incredibles is based on her. And I feel like Alex Borstein did a prototype of that, um, yes. that kind of eccentric and like i love the name dropping the mm -hmm. name dropping was was great and my favorite quote is when she's like you know you need a hat because it's the first thing that god sees when you walk outside in the morning it's just like so it's so over the top i loved it i, yeah. I thought she did a great job mm -hmm. she, uh, went, she did it really well without being hammy do you know what i mean like she yeah it was just the right amount of absurdity yeah um yeah. And then worst performance, everybody else. Everybody else is in a dead tie for this episode because it was just awful. Except Richard when he's like, it's 7.10, where's dinner? 
Yeah, you know what? I'll All put right. Richard in like I'll put him a spot above. It still wasn't a great and Richard performance, but he didn't have a lot to work. They all didn't have a lot to work with. And Sherilyn Fenn and Rob Estes, both of them were my worst performances. Again, part of it was the material they had to work with. Um, I like that Sherilyn Fenn had a little, a little bit of a, a you know, northeastern accent going. I think she kept that up for the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't see her drop it. Um, but again, you know, they didn't have a lot to work with. The script was meh. Yes. And, and for some reason, I don't know why I've noticed this now. I mean, this is how ridiculous the episode was. I noticed that when Lorelai is outside the house, so she leaves, right? And so Rory comes out and she's like, why did I even come here? And she's like, to, you know, drive me home, blah, blah, blah. When, when Lorelai is outside the, the house, there's a random dog barking. And I don't know why I just noticed it. I think this episode was just so disjointed and slow that I noticed a dog barking. I'm like, I wonder how many times that someone's been outside Emily Richards' house and this random dog has barked. Because I think of, for some reason, like I picture where Emily Richard lived, that they have a pretty large lot, right? Because they've got this huge house. And to me, how could you hear a do- Like, it seems like their neighbors would be kind of far away. So how could you hear a dog bark? Mm. That seems weird to me. Um, and I wonder how many times did they pace that dog bark <laughs> Yeah. Is this just like a, and so, I, and so this is how slow it was. I was like, I wonder, you know, is that dog like a problem? Like a dog that barks a lot? Because I can see Emily like getting really annoyed. Um, so yeah, I had questions about the dog. And how many times they inserted that random dog bark when she's at their house? Because I don't see any dog at Emily Richard's house. I can't picture Emily Richard having a dog. Oh, definitely not. All right. Anyways. We have a couple <laughs> emails. Um, all right. Uh, Stacy says, Forget what it's actually called. If you had to name the Jess spinoff show, what would you call it? Um, what is this? That would be my yeah. What is this? Well, okay, so Jess's last name is Mariano. I would call it Mariano, but after the N, put like a hyphen and then just O-H-H-H-H. So it's like Mariano. I knew you'd say I have something good. I don't know. I don't yeah. even know if it's that clever, but... That's the best I, I can I come like, up with. I like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? What is this? What is just... this? Um, what is this? And then uh, Tyler says, anytime I watch this, uh, rewatch the, the series, I always skip this episode. That's all I have to say. Okay. A lot of people have told me that. Yeah, that they just kind of, they just kind of consider this to be not canon. Yeah. Um, they just kind of like are like, nope. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, they're all different ways it could have been executed. Um, I don't know if any of them could have been okay. Um, But I think there was a lot of room for it to at least be better. I think the big problem, too, with this is that we're, we're, like, this is the penultimate episode of the season. Like, after this is the season finale. And it just feels like such a weird time to be shoving in a backdoor pilot. Like if yeah, they had done and this, and everything was so orchestrated for this. Yeah. yeah, if they had done this in like the middle of the season or in the pre, like beginning of the season, or something like that, it wouldn't have been so bad. But it's the fact that it's like we've waited like such a long time for season three to reach its breaking point, and then it does, and then it's like, eh, it just feels so weird that the show takes a break like that to just. When it, when it really is gearing up for the end of the season. So it just mm. feels very weirdly anticlimactic. So. Right. 
Oh, what was your favorite reference? Um. Or did you even have one? I, I I probably did. Let's see what I I'm just looking at my notes here. Um. Oh my gosh. I mean, I guess like the episode title. It's a reference to the Beale song. Um. Oh, I think like there was. There was uh, Jess had uh, a really funny line where he says uh, it's a little late to throw me a Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles birthday party. Oh, yeah. Yeah, shout out to them. I thought that was pretty funny. And it's like clever yeah, enough. Like, yeah, I get the point. He, he's, he's too old for birthday parties. And they're classic. So, yeah. yeah. That was the, that was a reference that was going to hold up over time. Yeah. yeah. So, but I like the one where um, they were talking about soup plantation. And I was kind of wondering how much money that um soup plantation you know paid to get mentioned on there so basically soup plantation um and uh sweet tomatoes were both owned by the same company it's, it was like a all you can eat but there was quite a bit of healthy food and stuff it was a good place to go like if you just want a variety of stuff and you could just like eat like a ridiculous amount of food um soup plantation and uh sweet tomatoes were both casualties of COVID 19 because uh they they filed for bankruptcy, I think, in 2011. And then 2020, you know, people are not going to eat at a buffet-style place during a pandemic. No. So they uh, they shut their doors and they are permanently closed. Mm. Uh, and the, and one of the other interesting things is Soup Plantation. Mm. I believe there was, a, there was a thing about their name. I think they were considering changing the name because of the racist history of plantations. Um, and also... Um, the uh, I believe soup plantations were on the west side of the country, and then mm. sweet tomatoes were on the east side, which you know they're in the northeast, so it kind of wouldn't make sense that they had a soup plantation. I might be wrong, but I remember them being being sweet tomatoes here, and not soup plantation. That makes um, sense. So that's just a little side. So okay. they are they are no longer. But man, they had really good desserts. So obviously. Mm. Okay. Um favorite quote oh, quote what was your favorite yeah um mm. now i know where i get it from when emily is coming up with this big story about they have a they have a book they have to go to a dinner that's also a book club and it's the lovely bones okay that's another good reference because that book is excellent i didn't see the movie but the book is excellent but the movie does have yeah. stanley tucci in it which i like him so mm. um but you know she's basically saying like now i know where i get it where i can come up with these like really quick stories about what I'm doing, you know? So basically she's realizing like, hey, you know, I don't really like my mom a lot of times, but we got this genetic gift for being really quick on her feet. Mm. So I like that line. She's just kind of acknowledging that that comes from her mom. What's your favorite quote? It was- Or at least not terrible quote. It, it, it was not the greatest, but I had a bit of a chuckle. Uh, when Jimmy asked, when you left home, were the cops after you? And Jess says, no. And Jimmy says, no, cause they shouldn't be, or no, cause they haven't found the head yet. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, it, was, it wasn't that genius, really, but I I had a good chuckle watching. You work with what you got. Yeah, I was I I was getting around to the end of the episode. I'm like I can't think of any lines I like in this, and then he said that. I'm like okay, that was pretty clever. This is clever as it's probably gonna get in this episode. It just seemed like an alternate universe version of Gilmore Girls. It yeah it. The show is largely really good at keeping things on the characters. Um, mm -hmm. And 
it just feels weird that it just focuses on Jess, a character who, I mean, some people like Jess, some people don't, but I think that was also, I, this is my own personal speculation, but I wonder if maybe there was that scene where he was getting a little forceful with Rory, if that maybe influenced some things too, because I wonder if people were like, I don't want to watch a show with a guy that does stuff like that. I think that they already, they must have already had this in the works with the amount of work they would have to do to film on location and everything. I think, so this makes it, this episode made it look really clear as to why they did certain things. Mm-hmm. And it seemed very, the the plot path that it took seemed very manufactured when you look at the pilot, the back yeah. pilot episode. Uh, so it doesn't seem like it was organic. So it seems very calculated. So that took away some of the, I guess, mystique of the show, which is, you know, you it's it's like a, a nice show that, you know, you feel kind of like it's like curling up with a good book or like, you know, hot cocoa or something. You know, it's just like it's it's just comforting kind of to watch. Um, and so then you kind of go, wait a second, this whole this whole, you know, I don't I wouldn't say attempted rape, uh, but that scene with. Um, Rory it, and it, it was definitely forceful. Yes, yeah, yeah, it's forceful. And so with with Rory and Jess, it's like, oh, so that's why they put it in. It wasn't to further the plot; is was to give a reason for Jess to leave, along with dropping out of school. Um, yeah. And so it just felt like it felt like really forced. Um, mm. And so I think that was one of the issues I had with it. it's like, oh, like you could see the wheels turning. Oh, well, this is why they did this, and this is why this character acted out of you know out of character and everything so well i, I think, think it, there could have been like a smoother transition so i think they knew at that point that they were gonna have the pilot well i think too like i've said too that i don't like where they took Jess's character in that party episode because it was it, weird it doesn't feel authentic and then yeah you no. watch the show and you can i think put two and two together that it's there to get jess off of gilmore girls because right. or or the convenient death of the of the bakery person, you, like there's like in the last yeah. episode. I mean um, that I can buy a little more happened. into, I guess, because like but, she was like, pretty old. Just, but it was, but they just they just had the fire. I mean, like when you saw the fire, I was like, oh, okay, so now they're gonna have their own end. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, some of it seems calculated, which I guess you know there's a predictability to it that may be comforting. Mm. Um, but I really didn't like what they did with Jess' character. And I'm, and I'm not saying that someone doesn't have the potential to be forceful or a rapist, because I think you can't tell just by looking at someone and seeing what some of their previous behavior was. And I think Promising Young Woman shows that yeah. um, in the movie. Uh, but to have it so brazenly out of character and also out of the range of what the show is usually about mm. seemed to me like they were setting something up. And now I know what that is. Yeah. It seemed disingenuine, I it, guess, of the it show. It did, yeah. So, I don't know. I personally don't like where they took Jess's character in this, because I don't think it's authentic. No. Even, like, in the episodes prior where he's helping uh, with Rory, or, you know, he's being nice to Rory and all this, like, he's he genuinely loves Rory, you can tell. And then in this, it just switches to, like, oh... I'm just going to be a jerk and brood and run off. Yeah. Which I'm not saying he didn't have that potential, uh, but it just seems so out of left field. Mm Mm-hmm. 
but it was so. to set up this pilot. Yeah, I think it could have been done in a more organic kind of way. It's like, oh, they had, like, oh, we're going to do this pilot, so we got to quickly, you know, tie up all this stuff. Yeah. All right. Um, let's see here. Uh, behind the scenes trivia. <laughs> this is a failed backdoor pilot. That's your trivia for this episode. Um, beach were they at were they actually at Santa Venice Monica? Beach and yeah, we were Venice joking beach but apparently that that was part of the reason why the show never took off is because they had to pay for a ton of permits to shoot on Venice Beach yeah so yeah um yeah which is great for a pilot because you know you're showing off stuff but yeah how do you transition to a pilot where from a pilot where you're on location to when you're on a soundstage yep uh, we mentioned already this but is hey, we yeah I was gonna say this is second appearance by her this time as Miss Celine uh, you also have Sherilyn Finn or Fenn who uh, pops up again later in the series um, as a different person yeah yeah as a different person um, yeah uh, think what they had to do for all the dogs this I mean this episode what they have like six dogs or something so you yeah. had to have an owner and a trainer on set for all those dogs. Hmm. I don't know what the laws are, but I think they I, they have to have somebody on set. So they had to pay for each of those dogs, the person to train the dogs, the person to give the cue to the dogs. Hmm. I mean, to it's just when you think about how much money they must have spent for a shot that is, I mean, it's interesting because they have all these dogs that kind of informs you as to you know who they are, but shooting on location and with that many dogs i mean when you start adding it up i can see where this could get exorbitant mm -hmm. and the kid tutor like i don't they didn't have to have the kid on there but maybe that's part of the draw is like you have a cute kid on the show um but you know all the stuff that child labor involves um you know when you have an actor on you know actor or actress on the set that's a minor you need to have somebody there and you need to have you know the tutors and mm -hmm. so it's i wonder it makes me wonder why they spent that much because if the gilmore girls was such a hit which it was mm. did they really need to spend that much money to set up a pilot yeah i don't think they did like and that turned out to be part of the downfall besides it was just bad yeah and there's even i mean you can find it on youtube um if you can if you want to tag me on twitter i'll share it with you too but there's uh an actual there's footage from not just this but also like an actual pilot they shot and it's even worse than this so a pilot for this for woodward sons or whatever they called it yeah did they did they ever show it or is it just shown to executives it was just shown to executives but it later came out to light so you can actually find it on youtube and oh interesting is it similar so it, it's like the it's, episode two of this train wreck it's it's like a proper like it introduces some characters that were like meant to be like characters on the show so it flushes it out a little bit more huh. like it actually was a proper pilot for that show and yeah it's just not good so okay i have to watch that i'll i'll send it to you later yeah it's it's That's pretty bad interesting. <laughs> it's like maybe there's something redeeming you're like nope yeah any mental health observations aside from how just painful the whole this was? Emily, just say that again. Aside from how painful this was to watch. 
It may have been cathartic because you may have had a bad day and you're like, wow, this pile is actually worse than the bad day I had. Yeah. But, um, you know, but yeah, Emily was showing, you know, she's showing narcissism in, in rear form. Uh, once again, she's being rude to the wait staff. So the wait staff is like, dinner's ready. And she's like, no, it's not. Mm. Um, she's gaslighting. She's gaslighting um, Lorelai when Lorelai says, we eat dinner at seven every night. Emily says, no, you've got this crazy idea. Why are you so obsessed with what time dinner is? She makes up this whole story about, you know, they're going to, you know, this book club and then Richard blows the whole thing. And again, you know, narcissists usually get tripped up at some point. Mm -hmm. um, but Emily's got some some narcissistic rage. She doesn't like the fact that she um, is losing control over um, over Lorelai and the Friday night dinners. But then when Lorelai wants to stay over, then Emily says no. Mm. So it and that's classic. It's like the narcissist wants something. If you don't give it to them right then, when you offer later, they're like, nope, too late. Yeah. And you can see she's doing a stonewalling kind of thing. Um, and then uh and just the triangulating like you know what when she says to rory again you know about how you know your mother's so difficult she's trying to align with rory against lorelei and rory's not having any of it mm. which is exactly how you should reply when someone does that you just go yeah you know what um the other person's not here we shouldn't talk about them or rory's method which is you're being stupid yeah and she walked off yeah well, so a lot of narcissists we gaslighting, they're triangulating, you had some punishing, narcissistic punishing. So, mm. so on the, it, for that reason, it's it's a really helpful episode because she's a rare form. And you know we had that um, the housekeeper that sued Emily for for the way she was treated, and we can see you know, a little bit of how you know we've seen it before a little bit, but this was like just you know, Emily was just straight up vicious mm -hmm. to this person. And just said, you know, no, it's not real. Like it was just, it was just so, um, like just the condescension and the, the anger in her voice. And she's directing it towards someone that has nothing to do with this. And the person's saying dinner's ready, and she's like, nope. I mean, it's it's it, she was gaslighting her too. Yeah. So, rare form. All right, I think it's time to put this episode out of its misery. I'm giving this a one out of ten. This is just awful. I'm giving it like a two or three, uh, just because of I think this is a good demonstration of the narcissism of Emily. Okay. It felt to me a little shoehorned, but mm -hmm. I can see I I can see where you're coming from. I think there's better examples of her being narcissistic, in my opinion. Like this just felt all in like, one. <laughs> I guess I just it felt to me like they were just like, we need more in this episode. Let's just give Emily something to be cranky about or narcissistic about. I was like, Oh, okay. Right. And, and I'm wondering if that too was, they had Kelly Bishop do that because she is so good and it probably would have sold a pilot. Yeah. Um, because she was in, even though she wouldn't have been part of the, the final you know show if it had come out. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, Alex Borstein, that was a smart move because mm -hmm. she did a great job. And that character, like, totally didn't fit, but also Alex Borstein did a great job. Mm hmm So. Cool. Uh, so, yeah. What, yeah. What, what, what was that? <laughs> we're just on to better, until we reach season seven, we're on to better things. So. Season uh, seven is the one that's not done by Amy Sherman. Yes. Yeah. That, that 
as much as I don't like this episode, there are some episodes of season seven that I would say are worse than this. Really? Yeah. Yeah. There's also a lot of good stuff. There's there's a lot of good episodes too. Um, season four, I think, is my personal favorite. There's a lot of really good moments in season four. I was gonna ask you. I knew it was three or four, but well, I do like three as well. I think three. Yeah, we're getting close to wrapping things up for season three, but I like how season three does a lot with like the different dynamics and the character relationships and kind of gives you a little bit more season four gets really interesting with some a lot of cool kind of twists but there's some stuff there's one particular storyline in season four that i i feel like will probably anger you so we'll 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 find out more okay Okay, good. I'm kind of curious what you think, but I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to, we'll, we'll, we'll circle well, now back Now I feel around. like I need to like go ahead and, and just like figure out, I have to watch all season four tonight so I can figure out what episode <laughs> it is. And I'll be like, is it this one? You're like, nope. No. <laughs> I'm like, this one made me angry about this one. You're like, nope. I, I feel like when we get to it, you'll know. I'm going to, oh yeah, I'm, I'm sure I will. I'll probably message you on Slack and be like, yep. I this was it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. You know me well. Yeah. I, I yeah I'm not gonna spoil it because there's what there's just one moment in season four I mean there's a few moments but there's one in season four that's so awful but at the same time too it's it's interesting character stuff but it's just it's you're I feel like you're gonna probably be upset when you see it so oh boy anyways we still have season three to wrap up we got one more episode left and then we're done so next week is oh, the right like it we well we record two episodes a week but it feels like when you're actually doing it you're like wow we're kind of going through this pretty good so mm-hmm. all right steph is over at stephaniesarkis.com gaslighting is the book and talking brains is the podcast and i'm over at threeingreennerds.com where almost every other day we've got content going up including a new episode of nerds in love so go check that out we have katie from three Green nerds join us that was a pretty fun time it was so. delight yeah yeah So, yeah. Until next time, everybody. Bye for now. Bye.